Hello everyone, welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. Josh, it is just us today, and are you disappointed or are you excited? I'm excited, for sure. Well, that feels good, Josh. Thanks for the compliment right off the start of the show. It's unlike this show. It's called Sharp Cuts for a reason, because we talk about volleyball and we cut deep into each other. So, let's get into it today, Josh. It's just you and me. we got no one to introduce because we're a couple of losers. So... Um, first off, we got to catch up on some results here. We've been off for a few weeks. Some things have happened. We're just going to sum up things for us, for myself, because we've already established I struggle to watch a ton of volleyball. You're a coach. Okay, where are we starting? What's happened, Josh? You're the knowledge guy. Let's start with BNL because I think uh, a lot of our listeners are indoor fans. We're trying to convert them to the beach care, but I are think they? We don't know that. Well, we really have no idea. Comment below, but I think we'll start with indoor just because that's where the masses are. So pool play has ended, Garrett. Unfortunately, Canada did not advance to the playoff round. But you know what's exciting? We didn't get relegated, and there was a time, Garrett. There was a time where I thought the men's team we were trending towards relegation. Okay, so men and women didn't make it out. Didn't get relegated. Relegate. Rele- Relegated. relegated. They didn't get eliminated from being in VNL next year, which is like really in an Olympic cycle. You want to be in VNL in that prep, right? Yeah. So that's a big that's a big move for us. So congrats to not get relegated. But also, do we celebrate mediocrity on this show, Josh? I don't know. I, I think for those of you paying attention to the standings, Garrett, we didn't get relegated because France was able to beat Australia three dong, and that's how we avoided it because Australia was worse than we were. We won two games, but that wasn't the basement. I mean, absolute props to France. France, we owe you big time. Merci beaucoup, France, for helping us out. And the women won enough games, I guess, four games, um, eight losses to stay in. I mean, incredibly mediocre, though, but was it exciting? I'm wondering, why do you run a format that only one team gets knocked out? Like, we couldn't have made it more serious than that? Like, 16 teams, Garrett, and only one is on the bubble? Josh, we will get to that. (laughs) I'm more curious why you're playing pool play and there's 12 games in pool play. What a crazy po- pool play, 12 games. It's it's a round, it's a league format tournament. Now I don't, I don't I, understand. Yeah, when you explain it that way, now I'm like, I'm on the Pierce fan wagon of how upset I am that we didn't think how lucky we were to host events because it was pretty short. Like they were kind of clustered. There was people in your pool who you, or people at your location playing who weren't in your pool. Like it was actually pretty special that Canada got to host some events and we didn't come out in like masses to support these matches. Well, and I mean, the product on the court, I guess, wasn't that good. It was mediocre, Josh. I mean, can we blame ourselves? Yes, we absolutely can. Get out there and watch volleyball. If it, and, and speaking of get out there and watch volleyball, now that it's just come up naturally, I got to say, last episode, I said, if I, even a single person commented that I would go and visit the Vancouver Open. So if you're listening to this, the Vancouver Open will have happened. I've now dug myself a hole. I have to go because one person commented, thanks, Maverick, for reaching out. I mean, really, though, I was hoping for for somebody I didn't know, somebody who's maybe just a listener of the show I've never met, who's like, hey, I'm going to be there. would love to meet you. None of that, Josh. It was Maverick being like, hey, I've got to suffer. You better as well. Suffer? I think he was just making you eat your words, and that's what Maverick does. He calls people on their stuff. That's what I'm saying, Josh, and it's like I was looking for something better, but now I've screwed myself. I should have been more specific. That's on me. Anyways, we also have some beach results to cover 
as well. We are rolling through the show. I'm going a little bit fast. I'm hype. Anyway, we got some beach results to cover. So, Josh, you're going to have to educate me on that as well because you're the beach guy after all, right? So, Garrett, every time I look at our beach results, especially on the women's side, I have to, like, you play in my mind and you have to, the way you stress, we can't get used to this. No, so. I'm not getting in your mind. I'm getting nowhere near that. No, for sure. Nest. Every time I check the results, like, we can't get used to this. So, it's so exciting on the women's side that they're losing in the quarterfinals and we're like, oh, oh we could have done more. We could have done more where it's like, that's so special and that's so hard to do especially at an elite 16 garrett where the the promoter thankfully they stepped in they made it a true 32 so it felt like a, a real tournament again uh no qualifier elite 32 which it was a great format uh we can get into that later too if you want on the guy side like teams who wouldn't have been in the elite 16 are like in the semis so that just shows that maybe cutting it at 16 was a poor decision by the fiv but anyways i digress that sophie and brandy and melissa and sarah both take a fifth and it's like yeah this is awesome we can't be yelling at our screens being like oh we should have meddled it's like no being in the top five is amazing there's a lot to unpack there josh you've just yeah, dumped information on me and our listeners there's a lot to unpack there so holy so this is in gestatt the tournament's in up in the mountains there in switzerland in gestatt right you've been that's there? where it was have i oh i've been there it's beautiful in the summer i hear they ski there in the winter in the swiss alps i don't know geography um but it's up there and you're saying hold on you're saying it's it's the elite tournament but the promoter just says, screw the FIVB. I'm, instead of doing 16, I'm doing 32. Yes. So they didn't do a qualifier. What a for this power one. move. Yes. They let in 13 right off the bat. Uh, they let in some Swiss teams who caught fire. Like, they, they had a heck of a tournament. But, Garrett, the interesting thing is, uh, if you look at the, the semis, you had the Grimalds. They they won the whole tournament, actually. They were struggling. They didn't qualify even in a challenger earlier in the year, and now they take fire. Uh, the 20th-ranked team, Dutchies, took third. They beat the 19th-ranked team, uh, Bruno and Samon. So, like, those teams would have been fighting tooth and nail in a qualifier in an Elite 16 format to even try to get in. And then they, they're in the semifinals. So I think that shows that not only on on the men's side but definitely on the women's side as well you can't cut it at 16 there's too many good teams in the world so why are we limiting like the size of the draw now it's interesting that you would go with that direction josh to talk about how you know oh the quality of team and how there's a lot of great teams and letting all these teams in makes for you know more diversity and excitement and the teams winning the tournaments in the final matches i'm not going anywhere near that josh i'm thinking about the absolute power move of the promoter imagine the conversation you're trying to have fib's like no we're trying to have 16 teams in the elite 16 programs. Okay, then we're not running this tournament. That like that's a tense move. That's like from Suits or like one of those drama shows where it's like leverage <laughs> showdown. Like no, we're, I, we're not running this tournament if it's not a 32 team draw straight up. So there was no qualifier. No qualifier. They let in all 32 off the hop. Uh, I think it benefited the promoter because the Swiss teams on both the men's and women's side sneaked in with wild cards. They wouldn't have been in. Like they were ranked. Uh, 30 and 31st on the women's side and I think 31 and 32 on the guy's side so it, it was a good way to get the local teams in there and I think uh, Stad, Gestad, however you say it, sorry uh, I don't actually I believe know. it's Gestad. Okay, good, good. Uh, I think that's the event on tour right now, isn't it? Is that the one that everyone looks forward to? Like that is the top tier event. So for their their promoter to kind of stronger in that field, be like, okay, you can run 16s everywhere else. We do a 32 here. Yeah, like what a big Bobby Big Wheel move and I fully respect it from the, I mean immediate player of the week move right there to let those teams in but like is it they showed up and were surprised like you're showing up expecting a qualifier and they're like no no you're in the main draw it's like wait what 
No, I think they would have had announced it like 28 days before, like the normal seating deadline. I just think they they knew right off the bat that uh, yeah, they. I'm, I'm reading the the technicality, the handbook here. They call it a 29 and three. So the 29 teams based on World Tour points and three wild cards got in for this one. Okay, so let's sum up the Canadian results. So on the women's side, we had Sophie and Brandy come up with a fifth, and we had Melissa and Sarah also come up with a fifth. And your original point was, hey, how great a spot are we in that we're disappointed with our teams ending up with a fifth? Yeah, I mean we have. The world championship gold medalists and the world championship silver medalists of the last few years on our, our yeah we were disappointed their fifth because we expect them to be winning but damn what a great place to be in on the women's side definitely and sarah and mel they play duda who's just a wrecking ball right now her and anna patricia win another event so i don't know how often that happens gary but i think it's special that you you win worlds and then you win the next event it kind of reminds me of bruno and alisson in 2016 or 2015 when they went on a crazy run there too uh so that, that that's a tough team as any and then uh sophie and brandy lose in three to the defending silver medalist from tokyo the australian so i mean no no shame in that draw there I? yeah i mean well done by the Aussies down under um <laughs> All right, so on the men's side, who was there? Do we have any teams in? Did they do anything notable? Uh, no. I, I don't, okay. I don't, we didn't even have a team in, in Gestad. Okay, so, I mean, immediate clown of the week right there, Canadian men's volleyball. Isn't that your area, Josh? Like, we can't even put a team in the 32 team, Elite 32. Like, we, we, the promoter even expanded it to try to get to have them. We couldn't even get in. Yeah, and I'm looking at this, and like Austria's got three teams in the top ten. The Dutchies have four in the top ten. Like, like yeah, we're a volleyball country, Josh. <laughs> I thought. What, well, what happened? We were trending there, and then yeah, well, we were trending. <laughs> I mean, if Chile and Czech and Netherlands are going to be the podium there, you could say a Canadian team easily could have snuck in. It wasn't like the usual suspects here. Yeah, like it wasn't Norway, Qatar, USA, Brazil. So I mean, Canada's got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, well, let's go, Team Canada. I mean, congrats to all involved. I really think just our women's beach teams deserve the most respect from all the results indoor and beach, but there there it is. So that's your catch-up. Hopefully you're as caught up as us now, but even there's still probably tons of other things going on that we just can't even cover because volleyball is such a worldwide sport. And we have Anyway, so let's get into our first topic, and it relates to all the stuff we just talked about, Josh. So... We're talking about the FIVB systems, like the way they've actually set up these tournaments. And, you know, it's it's hard not to compare it to other major sports. So I don't know where we want to start, but if we can just set the stage here. So on the beach recently, they've been doing this elite challenger futures thing where it's three levels of tournament, but only certainty you have to earn enough points to make it into the certain level. But if you have too many points, you can't play in the level below so it's this kind of weird ladder style system that overlaps on every step of the way and then on indoor you've got this world league system where you bring in teams how many like there's a just a variety of teams there's like six teams in your pool potentially you play each team twice in this like pool play format that takes weeks you play 12 games in pool play leaving it open to so many ties josh like oh my gosh could you imagine the amount of potential ties you play them 12 matches in pool play? That's not even a proper number. That's an odd number of teams in your pool, by the way, which is also bananas. So, like, what the heck's going on with the FIVB in these systems right now? Is this the ideal way we can frame our sport? Like, what the heck? So just to add to indoor, because it's fresh on my mind, and I just read the press release, uh, Jackie from Volleyball Canada broke it down really well, that, you know, even despite losing fifth, or finishing 15th, the men didn't get relegated. But then she explained how Australia has to get back up. So they're, they're relegated, essentially. They have to go to a different tournament, Garrett, and they have to win it to get back up. So it's kind of weird that, like, 
okay, you get knocked out of the big boy stage, but then you have to go to this other tournament. If you don't win, you don't get a chance to go back in. Like, it seems like it was, it's too inclusive to stay in BNL. Like, it's really hard to get relegated. But if you do get knocked out, it's like an absolute battle to try to get back in. Right. Like, how does that make any sense for a competitive, open, welcoming environment? Also, we came 15 out of 16 on the men's side. There's 16 teams. How are we playing 12 pool play matches? In what world tournament running does that make sense? I, I don't know who made it. And, like, even... I, I Yeah. So, like, how what are the pools even? Like, how do they even shake that out? You got two pools of eight? So, you play some... You play, like... I don't even get it. And did they do pools? Because if you look at the standings, they just went straight one to 16. So, like, I would have to get into the schedule or, or pull up Pierce or Nolan Langley and just, like, make it up in a confident way of saying this. But but, I, but so did they not play every team at least once? You you mathematically couldn't, right? Because you... Like, what the... <laughs> so then, then do you argue strength of schedule? Like, I don't know how you play 12 matches, but is it even? Like, what if you ended up playing, like, the lowest four teams? Or, or what if Australia had the toughest schedule, Garrett? That's why they got relegated. Like, it's kind of an absolute joke, though. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't get it. If you're going to do a league format, I mean, what do we have to compare it to? You look at the major leagues in North America, right, where you have, you know, these 82-game season. Okay, that seems a bit crazy. But let's say we do a league format where you play each team, you play some teams in your area more, and then you just compare and the top teams get into a playoff. Great. That, you understand that. Okay, it's not that. We're going to go to a tournament format. Well, we already see tournament formats in sports like tennis um, or golf where they do these things where it's like, here's how we do it, here's the play the tournament. Indoor volleyball does neither. It's kind of this, like, hybrid system. And even if you're explaining this, I'm like, oh, maybe they use, like, the table system that, like, English Premier Soccer does. But that's way tougher because they relegate, like, four teams at a time and four new teams move up. And it's, like, it's a little bit more cutthroat. Or to get into Champions League, like, each league has, like, an allotment of spots. But it's, like, it's less inclusive and there's more movement and more meaning in the schedule. So it's, like, easier to follow as a fan where this is, like, 15 out of 16 get to stay. We won two matches and we're safe. And Australia wins one and they have to go to a really tough tournament and win it to get a chance to come back. Yeah, like... What what are we doing generally in our sport? Like, and it, what a tough marketing ask! Like for all those games, you have a VNL game. Like, okay, you know when you go into a game in an NHL game, say you go into Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, you're in there. They got the thing playing on the thing. You say, okay, here's where they're at in the season. Here's the game day program. Here's where they're at. They've won this many games. Here's they are in the standings. You get that in the Volleyball Nations League, you try to go to the same thing, you have no idea where the team is at. Okay, you know, they're two and three, they're here, this is, they still got to play this, but oh, but they're here, but it's like, I you don't understand what's going on. No, so I don't like that. And then if you go to the beach one, the logic that the promoters had to cut it down to the Elite 16 was they thought it'd be easier for fans because you know the top 16 teams and you know they're going to be there. But then they open it up and most people are talking about Stodd because like the unknown teams like the Grimalts from Chile are like, yes, like let's let's get on the bandwagon of this team coming out of nowhere. Like that's the story that I think people get attracted to in tournaments. They don't want to like, I, I don't know, is there enough beach volleyball fans that they, oh, you're only going to go watch this Elite 16 if like Lupo's playing? Like I don't think we have that many fans, right? Well, and like, especially if you're a volleyball fan from a volleyball country, what are you going to get excited about? Like, you're going to get really excited about following a team from a different country? You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh like, uh, like the tournament's in Switzerland. Switzerland has teams in the tournament, but oh, it's the top 16, so the best teams are there. Oh, we got the Qatar guys. Oh, we got the, uh, the Volley Vikings from Norway. These guys are here. Are you going to follow them? It's like, no, we want to go watch... 
the Swiss teams play because those are our boys and girls. Like, let's go. So how does it make sense that, like, no, get more local teams into the tournament and hopefully they do well to help the local promoter to have more teams, like, more promoters want to host tournaments? Yeah. Does that not seem like the better way? As you're explaining this, like, I can't see the Swiss stadium full for a Norway-Qatar game. Or, well, Norway's the best team in the world, that's a bad example, but, like, a Netherlands, like, game versus Qatar. Like, yeah, 8,000 people are packing the stadium for that one. Well, like maybe the semis and finals. Like, Metal you know, round, People for sure. understand, right? Metal <laughs> round, like they're going to fill probably most on any. But like, you know, a Thursday afternoon pool play game between two teams who aren't anywhere near the country. It's like Brazil playing China in your pool play game. It's like, who cares? Nobody there cares about these. De- it's pool play anyways. So like, how are you going to get excited? And I can tell you from experience when we ho- when my dad hosted that uh, FIVB event in Edmonton, you know, People wanted to watch the local teams play. That was what people came to the stadium to do. So if you could fill your schedule with game after game of local team, you had a hot day. You had a hot ticket. But if you can't do that, nobody's going to show up. That's so true. And, and being in Edmonton, you're right. Like uh, in the early on, it was like Canada on the center court. And then obviously with Ben and Grant and Melissa and Sarah doing so well, it kept it relevant where if Canada's not playing on the last day, is anybody there? I mean, the hardcore people are there to see the medal matches, but they're not as excited when, like, having Canada in both finals was huge. Definitely not. And, like, even if Canada wasn't in one of the finals, you swap the schedule, you put the local team in the last final, and then you make sure that people are there getting hype with that first game. It's like the first final is like the warm-up, you know, for the final that your country is in. Like, that, the promoter has that flexibility. So, like, it just doesn't make sense to me why our sport, indoor and beach, doesn't help promoters who are the people who actually carry the burden of making the money in this sport, help them actually market the product as best they can be. That wasn't even my problem I had with the beach thing, by the way, or the indoor thing. Like, Well, it's not my what story I was... to tell, but I have it from a very good source that uh, Calgary, when they had the Stampede Open, like they had the big sponsorships, somebody saw the poster from Volleyball World and contacted them and tried to talk them into running an FIVB instead of the Stampede Open. But by the time they went through the list of requirements and the profit sharing and how much Volleyball World takes, Calgary was like, no. Like, we'd rather do our own event as a Canadian event than run an FIVB because even though the money was quite similar, it wasn't worth it for them to do it. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely get that piece. Like, both, everyone's got to try to make some money. But at the same time, like, Everything else really should be negotiable. Like, should not be some list of requirements like, okay, we got to be on X revenue share. Great. You got to get your business model. You got to pay your bills. Sure. It's not worth it for you if it doesn't have these things. But the other stuff, like, that's got to be totally up to the promoter to really help. Like, it just makes no sense to me that you'd have an Elite 16 tournament where a promote, one promoter could go, yeah, give me the 32 teams. He's got to, they've got to pay for them all to be in the main draw hotel and whatever. So they're shelling that money, but they're doing because they think it's going to make a better product. Whereas another place is like, no, we don't want that. You know, we're going to have less teams. So it's like the product just varies place to place. None of that was even the main issue I had with those two <laughs> systems, though, which is crazy to think about. Like, just been complaining for 10 minutes. Yes. But the actual problem I had with those is like in indoor, the system with the World League, top 16 teams in the one gets relegated. That means you have 15 countries. So say over a four-year Olympic quad, maximum. Maximum, you have four new teams leaving that top and coming in. Maximum. And if it overlaps, like say the same two teams trade back and forth, then you really only have 18 teams that are ever showing up in your world league. Right? Which is like, what the hell? We know volleyball, indoor volleyball in the world has more than 18 
relevant, interesting, talented countries that would be fun to watch in a World League scenario. Like, am I wrong? Am I crazy in that? You're absolutely right. And as you're explaining this, I'm thinking like pre-Tokyo, like uh, the McKibbins and a few other people on the internet were trying to figure out the points. And then when you figure out the points and you watch even a round of 16 match here, but you know that like one team, if they lose their their Olympic hopes are over, that makes a round of 16 match extremely relevant. So if we're trying to sell a USA versus, I don't know, China game in Calgary, if you can tell the common fan, hey, listen, one of these teams is going to be relegated if they lose this match, all of a sudden tickets have to go up for that one. But we're fighting 15 out of 16. Like everyone's safe. This game means absolutely nothing and it's not your country. So why would you go watch that? Like there's ways to tell stories based on like what's at risk here. There's nothing at risk in a 15 out of 16 format. Yeah. And if you did a different format for that, if you say had groups of four that traveled around and played at each of the host countries, now you could sell each game as it compares to your host team and get the local fan invested. So, hey, Canada beat this team. They still have to play this team. So, hey, here's some interesting matchups here. How's this going to shake out for Canada's results or the local team's results? And it's like, when that never changes, like, I, I, I don't have a good example, but there's got to be a country that would host a, a, an amazing World League experience that is not in the top 16 just because they're maybe finishing second or third in that qualifier tournament, right? Like, what an absolute travesty that that is the case in the world scene of indoor volleyball. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I can't think of like an example off the top of my head, but like uh, even uh, again, because we've had Pierce on the show and he's such a volleyball fan, he gets so bitter where he'll show like if a Estonia team makes it really far in like uh, CEV, like club championships, you should see the fans that come out and support that, right? So there's there's a small country that's probably not going to win VNL, but if you get them in it, they're going to show up and that's going to be a fun experience for everyone to play in their gym. Absolutely. That's a lot of fun. So that's kind of the inclusivity thing with the indoor. With the beach, my main gripe is it just makes absolutely no logical sense to me to put a point limit. I mean, you, you, you what they've done, they've put themselves in a really terrible position, actually, is where they have these tiered systems where you can't go up without, like you've really limited the top. So there's not a huge accessibility to the top and it's hard to climb up yet they've only partially limited who can go down. So now you've made this really top-heavy system, but actually where there's a loophole for the middle teams to actually get more play, more tournament results, more potential money, and just keep their points where they need to be, right? So like, if I'm a team who's, say, 16th in the world or less, so I don't qualify to be necessarily main draw, maybe I'm in the main draw in the elite, there's a group of teams that are main draw in the elite who can also go and play in the challenger tournaments. Right, right. But they can play in both, which is like, that doesn't make any sense. So Mel and Sarah, I don't think can play in both because they're ranked too high in the world to go down and play in the challenger. Even if they wanted to, they can't. Yet, other teams who they're competing against can. And that affects their points, could affect their entry points, could affect their money, their funding, all that. So now you end up limiting the top team in, teams in the world to playing in only, like, however, how, how many events are there? Elite events in a year. Eight? Yeah, maybe. Like, you, you play, okay, so you play nine, there's, nine, there's nine potential elite yeah. events yeah. this year. So now if you're a top, I don't know, whatever it is, eight team in the world, you're playing nine events a season. If that were Olympic qualifying, Josh? You could barely get enough events to qualify for the Olympics in two years. Yeah. Like, you know I mean, I mean, like, I mean you throw in a world champs or whatever. I don't know if that counts. But yeah, I just, I just did a quick control fine on the schedule. There's 11 challengers. 
So you get double the opportunities to compete and make money and yeah. Like, it just makes no sense to me. And it's like now, and I'm surprised that nobody's really complaining about it. Like, I don't see news of like, and maybe they are behind the scenes. We just don't know. But like, how are the FIVB players not going, like the teams at the top going like, what the hell? Like, I'm sitting for potentially a month between, so Gestad to Hamburg, there's a month. From Hamburg to Paris, there's over a month, almost two months, right? You're playing tournaments in November. There's three elites in November. What? Like, you're going to go back to back to back in November, an off time of the year. That's when t a lot of teams have taken their rest historically. Like, it just it just makes absolutely no sense to me, and I don't know where the logic is. And if, if anyone knows out there, please comment down below. Let me know what the heck's going on here. Well, and it, when the FIV Beach schedule first came out, I was, like, giving them credit because it looked like whoever designed it or talked to the promoters, they owned a map. And it looked like it was, like, going in clusters where these events that got added in November, you go from South Africa to Brazil to Australia. So how's that for, like, a travel schedule on the body to make sure you're playing at all these events where you play, like, one a month, and then you got three shotgun at the end to go all over, like... Hey, I mean, they're all in the Southern Hemisphere, I guess, so maybe that's some consolation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I can get on board with that rationale. All right, comment, hit us up in the comments down below or reach out to us or whatever. Let us know what you think about the systems. We talk a lot about them. I mean, we don't think they're great, but we haven't offered any alternative solutions, Josh. We've just ripped them to shreds and really haven't fixed them any. So I don't know that we're actually going to because are we not we that intelligent? I mean, maybe. We ran tournaments for a living for like a few years in a row there, Josh. So I think, maybe we're well-placed to help this. I think indoor needs to steal from all the leagues. So you keep it at 16 and top eight makes playoffs. So you have like the North American, like you got to enter. And then for those bottom ones, I think you do like a little bit of a soccer model maybe the bottom four get relegated or something just to make like that weird bubble matches more competitive because like how fired up was canada getting for some of these matches at the end like if we're bad and you're bad like is that why matthias elser was starting as a left side like i don't know well or why don't you why don't you do indoor a system where you regionalize it a little bit more so you expand the World League to a few more teams. You don't make the teams travel as much, so you can play a few more games, right? So maybe it's Canada, U.S., Mexico, uh, Cuba, or whoever are in a division, and we play our divisional teams twice, and we play teams from other divisions once. So we go and travel to – we do a, three, a few different travel spots, and that's our season – that's our pool play. That's our season numbers. You make playoffs, you play it off, and then you play it down. And then you end up having events potentially where you get like an American team playing in an Asian group for a little bit and a little round robin there in Asia. And teams are trying to make playoffs. You get some drama that naturally happens from those. So like, I, you know, and it saves on travel costs. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're thinking about that, but um Look at you, Josh, come up with stuff right on the spot. And for anyone yelling at their screen or, or, or whatever you're listening to this on, uh, that Matthias Elzer shouldn't have played outside, let's pump the brakes here. Great server, great volleyball player. I think it's amazing that you could be uh, one of the Canada's best setters and best outsides. I just thought it would be cool if he was setting and then you could let in like a Sam Cooper or Jordan Canham or Brody Hofer, somebody who actually you know plays outside for their university. Uh, that, that would make more sense. I, I get that Matthias is a great plug-and-play player. He can literally play every position on the court. I just thought it was weird that he's starting matches as a left side when he He's obviously a setter. 
I missed that. Where did that come from? He just pulled that out of nowhere? He's in, on the roster as a setter. Obviously, with Trinity, they had Derek App, player of the year as a setter. So Benjo being the great coach, they coach him up. And, like, Tias is playing other positions. But even at the World League, like, Matias has great stats. Like, he's an analytics darling where, like, you know how good setters, like, off a of four-pass, everybody's a good setter? Well, he's a great setter off of, like, two passes. And he does great things. And he's done really well at, like, youth tournaments. But, yeah, he was uh, he was in the starting lineup as an outside hitter in a lot of matches. So it was just a little little bit odd for me. But why would you not have like Lepke Mar if you like I said if you wanted the young guy why wasn't Cannon or Cooper or Hofer in there I don't know just Josh mini we'll get to that in a, we'll get vent. to that in a second because it's time for everybody's favorite segment it's players of the week and clowns of the week still nobody has given us literally any we get comments like thank you for commenting nobody's given us any feedback on players or clowns of the week so we'll just assume that it's the favorite segment the best segment of all time so. Let's get into it, Josh. I have two players of the week. Um, I know that's uh, unlike me, but uh, why don't I bookend you? So why don't I go first, and then you go, and then I'll do another one. So I'm going to start. And first up, player of the week. I mean, we got to do it. It's Graham Viagras. So Graham recently just announced his retirement from the national team indoors. And that's always a bit of an emotional moment when you see players do that. So... Congrats, Graham, on a great career. Um, we're sad to see you go. Josh is looking at me confused. I'm quite confused because when he actually retired, he was my player of the week. And this was like, I still lived in Toronto when I awarded that. So this was like a way back. Okay, am I doubling up? You're confusing me and maybe the listeners. I don't know. Well, listen, that's why I said I would bookend you because there's no guarantees that I'm bringing top quality content here, Josh. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you go ahead now. I'm so confused. I, I don't know if you're you're searching. I'm confused like too. Early. What am I looking at? Did that not just happen? Am I? Are we? Have we gone through a time machine? He announced his retirement like before the boys showed up in Gatineau and started training. Like this is not a new thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, comment down below and let me know. Clown of the week, right here for Garrett May. I'm glad I picked two, Josh, because that is old news. So I, I'm going to take the obvious one off the table. I'm going to go back to Stodd, and I'm going to say Duda winning another event because, again, Garrett, I don't think we can get used to this. I think I, I, as a sports fan, I just love watching people dominate at what they do. So for them to win world championships and for them to go win uh, the, the Swiss event in Stodd, I think it's just it, it's special what we're watching. They're putting together some dominant performances. Like Sarah and Manel are legit, and they 11 and 13 them in the quarters. Like, uh, they 12 they to team in the semis. Like, we're watching a pretty solid team here. So, uh, my player of the week is Duda from Brazil. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have said that that was the obvious one. I would have said the obvious one to go with was Graham Viagras because, I mean, obviously <laughs> his retirement is a big deal. So, uh, anyways, but, yeah, I mean, congrats to them. I mean, and also, Josh, it makes me a little bit bitter to hear a player of the week from Brazil, man. They have our number historically, have everybody's number historically. For them to continue to dominate and be so good year after year after year, Josh, is a bit much, but you got to give credit where it's due. So I appreciate your uh, your honesty and commitment there. Okay. Now for my actual player of the week, Josh, um, is CBC. And we don't often give CBC credit, but CBC is doing live coverage of the Volleyball Nations League. They are putting on some of these matches, these last round matches, which is incredibly surprising. Canada's not in it, 
they're advertising they're going to do the live matches for the some of the quarterfinals, semifinals, potentially some of the finals, even though Canada is nowhere to be found in any of these, which I got to give props to CBC for just sticking it through and going for that. It's an absolute shock. It, you're looking at me confused again. Like, am I in some sort of time warp with my internet here? Like, I can't do any research without finding anything bad. No, once again, this seems to be like the Josh pumping Garrett's tires. This can't go understated because I'm guessing CBC is free. You don't need to log in to watch these matches. So for those people who are like, I'm not going to buy the volleyball world, but man, I would really like to watch, you know, this USA quarterfinal. You can on CBC is what you're saying. I, I mean, yes. I, I Maybe it's too good to be true, but so... Let me know, because this will air after I've said this. So here I go, maybe I'm saying this, and everybody who tried to watch it on CBC when this episode airs is like, Garrett, you're a complete idiot, 0 for 2 on all your players. I canceled my login, now I gotta restart it. Like, I tried to save $6, and now I didn't. Like, but if this... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking right here that this, this match is gonna be live soon. So it has a play button. I, I can't watch it because it's not live right now, but this seems to be the option. So, I mean, CBC, like... A little commitment to volleyball goes a long way with this show. What so, kind of clause is in the contract that if you're the TV host of that nation, one of 16 or 32, I guess when you include the women in case there's like no double ups there, that like you need a login to watch in your country, unless the TV broadcaster wants to put it on the internet for free, then you found the loophole. Like I don't understand how they're allowed to do this. Well, maybe because it's a publicly funded broadcast company. So they're subsidized by the government. So we are paying for a membership to CBC. So you think Volleyball World's still getting their money from CBC somehow on this? Maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe Canada just bought it and got distribution rights in Canada because we can just do that. Absolutely. It's our own country. Like, yes. Maybe we can just do that. So I don't know. It's the, the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, for those of you who don't know... The CBC. Like, I don't know if you, if you, even if you're from Canada and don't know CBC, I, I mean, what the heck are you doing? You're but lying to yourself. That's who it is. So, I mean, it, it's airing on, not television, but online here in Canada, which is crazy. So that's a huge player of the week. And Josh, it might give me an opportunity to watch because as we've established, I don't have a Volleymetrics account, so I can't watch anything. And I don't pay for the Volleyball World account because I'm cheap. So you don't need to. Apparently, I don't need to. I just rely on CBC. So thank you, CBC. CBC, if you also have a Volumetrics account, send it Because <laughs> I need it. Uh, okay, Josh, let's move on to Clowns of the Week. I'm going to let you go first just to make sure I double check and confirm mine so I don't screw that up too. So, Garrett, I don't even know who to target this. I don't know if it's, if it's people like me at Volleyball Canada. I don't know if it's the provinces. But as a country, we needed a domestic tour. And every year, every annual year, the answer is right in front of our face. We're right around the corner from the Vancouver Open, which is going to offer as much prize money as an FIV challenger. There are teams like Sophie and Brandy and Sam and Dan who aren't on the road right now playing in Espino because they can go to Vancouver and have a better experience where... You, the best countries in the world, the best countries, maybe excluding Norway, all have a domestic tour. And it's a great reason to get our athletes more playing opportunities. They get to play in front of family and friends. Even the ripple effect of like maybe a guy like you is still playing. If there was a domestic tour, maybe you take on a young vet and then that guy gets really good. And then he goes on the world tour and goes to the Olympics. Like there are so many unbelievable benefits to have a pro tour in your country. And we don't have one. And every year we get the answer that it can work. It, it can work because Vancouver does it every single year. And the other provinces or, or volleyball camp that we haven't figured out a way to run five Vancouver Opens every year. I know it's special, but I think the formula is right in front of our faces and we haven't figured out a way to duplicate it. So who is the clown here? Is it is it Volleyball Canada who's in charge? Who's in charge of running a pro tour? Other than your dad, I think everyone is off the hook. 
Like, we're all to blame except for John May, who tried. That's a fair point. Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's on the hook for this. So, clown of the week to literally everybody in volleyball administration or promotion. For Canada not from, having a pro From Josh. We know it will work. Vancouver, that's the best weekend of the year. I'm, I'm willing to bet that so many people get fired up for that. Josh, Josh, though. Counterpoint. I mean, I agree with you. I fully agree with you. Clown of the week to everybody for not getting this thing going. But counterpoint. It works in Vancouver. Where else would it work? Toronto. You think it would work in Toronto? I think it you would think work. You have a host a great event in Toronto? I think so. We host events every weekend in Toronto. Not like this. No, not like this. But like somebody's walking the beach, they see a bunch of courts, and they see this time, oh, there's some more courts over there. Like, what's the difference? Stadium, DJ, music, hyping it up, players wearing jerseys. All of a sudden, it doesn't look like two guys just hacking around on the beach. It looks a little bit more professional. Uh, there's a qualifier, Garrett. Teams who get eliminated in the qualifier, you know what they do at the Van Open? They show up the next day because they want to be a part of the event. Like, the event just grows and everyone contributes to it. So maybe if it's not Toronto, there's definitely another town or city in Ontario could work in. You're telling me there's nowhere in Quebec? Whether it's like Rapotny, who used to be on the Pro Tour, or uh, Montreal, or some of these suburbs of Montreal who run Quebec events, like you're telling me it wouldn't work. You're telling me it wouldn't work in Halifax. I think Halifax would do a great job. Uh, PEI is going to try to host a Norseka. Like, there's a bunch of these. Uh, ben Saxon, like the Stampede Open got canceled. Ben Saxon makes a few phone calls. Maybe some people phone Ben Saxon. All of a sudden, the Calgary Open's happening. Like, I don't know. Edmonton seemed pretty into beach volleyball when you were there. Like, there's so many places this could happen where. And we haven't even okay. mentioned Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Lusapeg. Like, there's all these places, Garrett, that we could, we, what do we need? Four or five? You need four plus nationals, and then we have a tour? All right. So, all right, let's go. Okay. So, who runs the Vancouver Open? Is it Volleyball BC? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, a provincial organization is running it. So, we can get on board then and say to all the other provincial organizations, what are you doing? Give your head a shake, because... Look at what Volleyball BC is doing. Is that the point here? Or maybe it's going to take an individual or an organization to come in and say, I, I don't know, pick a company, TELUS, to get TELUS to be the, the title sponsor. And then you just go to all the other provinces, Gary, you say, hey, Vancouver Open, here's an extra 10 grand. Can you be a part of the Pro Tour? We're going to put our name on it. You just do what you do, but here's a little bit of extra money. You go to the Quebec Grand Prix. You go to the OVA Grand Slam. You go to these events that already exist and say, here's some money. Or you go to Volleyball Nova Scotia and you say, hey, like we can get you started. You got to contribute this because we can't do it alone. But if you contribute this, then all of a sudden, bam, and it's happening. Like I, yeah, if you can get some funding, there's no reason we can't unite them under some sort of banner um, and, have, and have a national point system, Josh. A national point system. I mean, like, why, why can I not play in Tournament X, Tournament Y, Tournament Z, and then it all accounts to my points for the nationals, potentially? Like, there were years that my biological father on his tour... He was the promoter for nationals, right? But also ran tournaments and provincials tournaments in other provinces, right? So like, you know, there, there's, there's some definite synergy there that can happen that is currently not. So, I mean, I'm with you for clown of the week. Absolutely. Is it just funding? Does it always just come down to dollars and cents? Is that the only thing stopping us? Like, I feel like these events are already happening. It's funding, but in Toronto, like, especially it's, uh, the permits and stuff like that are hugely expensive, right? Like it, it's a challenge. So if that it's stuff is easy somewhere. But anyone who's been in Ashbridge Bay in the last week as we're recording this, uh, Garrett, I, I messaged you because I, I thought your father was behind this. I don't know who actually built it. They built a beer tent on the beach. 
well, it wasn't a beer tent. It was a tequila tent, and they were. It was like first class. I, I couldn't. There was a cover fee, Garrett. I didn't actually go inside. But like they built a pop up bar on the beach that looked immaculate. And you're telling me that like they could just do that as a one off in a weekend in July that we couldn't do that and put a volleyball court beside it. Volleyball court in could. it. Like you absolutely where- could. And my biological father did all that back in the day, and he ended up losing over a million dollars. And uh, our family went into debt and, you know, it was a really tough time. So, I mean, that sort of stuff happens, right? So, I mean, yeah, there are some challenges, but if if Volleyball BC can support a tournament as successful and awesome as the Vancouver Open, you're right. There's no reason we can't do it elsewhere, Josh. So I support that. Plus, you turned uh, out okay, so maybe I'll do what your dad's doing and my kid can turn out like you if I run a pro tour that then, you know, crashes because, you know, people don't support it. And... No, I, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. It caused me incredible emotional damage, and that's why I ended up hosting the show. So, I mean, if you want your kid <laughs> to end up to host a podcast show called Sharp Bumps, then, yeah, definitely do that. So there's been All more right. jokes on the beach, Garrett. I have to warn you that there have been two people not connected make the joke of Passing Nails is their new uh, podcast. I keep telling them to do it, but they, they haven't uh, ponied up yet. Yeah, like it, it makes no sense to me. Like your, 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 your show is Passing Dimes. That, that exists, right? Passing Dimes is your show. If you haven't watched Josh's show, I mean, you can't. But if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. Um, but I don't know why you'd be listening anyways, but we're sharp cuts. So neither of those things are like, it's just copying you then, but just adding nails. Yeah. Which isn't a cool name at all. And plus they're not going to do the work. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like passing nails. It's a podcast about construction management. (laughs) That might get uh, more downloads. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, we're talking about nails and hammers and stuff. (laughs) I don't know. Like what? Wow. Maybe we're an economics podcast over here. I mean, we sometimes dip in economics here, Josh, on, Passing dimes, but we are sharp guts, so I mean, it's different. It came up the other day if we ran a slow pitch podcast, will we get more viewers than volleyball? Because here's how popular slow pitch is in the GTA, Garrett. I was walking by a batting cage the other day, I was coaching for Andrew Cross, he couldn't make it. The batting cage was manipulated to do the lob of the slow pitch. That means that not only are people playing one night a week to get their exercise in and be social, they're practicing slow pitch off a pitching machine. But also, if you were going to go do a pitching machine, which would you rather hit off? A wicked fastball or a nice slow pitch? No, ball? a wicked fastball. Wouldn't you want to feel like an what? athlete? Absolutely. No, absolutely not. I won't hit that slow thing because I'm scared of the ball and I feel like that's normal. Comment below if, you, if you're if you going to the batting cages with your friends, if you want like a lobby slow pitch or if you want to hit like, not even like a wicked fastball, like 80 maybe. Like. But you're in the batting cage. So like when you crank it and it just goes in a direction and crashes into the fence, you don't know where it was going to go, so it just feels good. Just taking a full swing, right? So, yeah, give me the low pitch. I'm just going to crack that thing. Grounder, fly ball, foul. I don't care because I'm in the cage. Anyways, Josh, I got to get to my clown of the week because I've embarrassed right, myself this week. So my clown of the week is Team Canada men's volleyball. And I- I'm sorry, guys. If any of you are listening, you're probably not. But I got to apologize. You know, Ben Josephson, was he coaching at this Volleyball Nations League, Josh? Correct. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, you'd want to you'd want to go out in your first Volleyball Nations League, head coach, you get the new guy, you get the whole thing going, let's get team energy going. It's a short quad for the Olympics. Volleyball Nations League, we go out and get two wins. Two wins and ten losses. And that hurts. That's just got to hurt. Like, are we trying stuff out? Are we doing weird stuff? Like... We gotta. I feel like expect to do better than than two wins. You're right. We narrowly avoided relegation, and like 
that's not a place you want to be in. So if we were really the worst, I mean, okay, we're getting dominated. But does it really feel like that considering where Canada's been for the last few years? I mean, we're in the tournament. We're getting wins at the Olympics. We were in tight in, in big matches. You know, I feel like we got to get more than two wins out of 12. Yeah, we're certainly not the only federation who's like rebuilding after a quad. I feel like that's very common that the team's rosters behave in quads. Uh, I will go, you know, to counter your point a little bit. Dave Preston was probably, I don't know for a fact, was probably in the running for the coaching job. And he coached Australia and they did get relegated. So Benjo was definitely the best person for the job. And going back to the Pierce and Nolan episode, if you watch Canada play, brand new system, new language, and they are setting laser beams to each other. That was as fast as you can set the ball. So once this system clicks, Garrett, watch out. But we're in BNL next year. And if Dave was running, it would be in the same place as Australia. I probably, probably not. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta consider it. That's that's a hilarious point, Josh, and one that I had not considered at all when talking about Team Canada, man. But I absolutely should have. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you the two hire guys. The best U Sports coach. We we hired maybe arguably and Benjo, and then you you want to hire the next best one? It would probably be Dave Preston. But he went to Australia and they got relegated. But but I mean, come on. Like if there's a group, if the coaches are going to the bar after at the VNL, like the coaches bar, they're in there, they're chatting it up. Preston and Benjo walk in. It's their la- It's their first time there. They're like the new guys on the block. We come bottom two in the tournament. Like, <laughs> gosh, like all the other coaches are there. Like, I don't know. Are they laughing at us? I hope not. Maybe we're making friends with them. Maybe we're, at least we're the bar stars because we're not the stars on the court, I guess. But like, oh, gosh, you're so right. Like the, the, the guy we didn't go with goes to Australia, gets relegated. <laughs> And then Brock Davidick walks in and just like shows off his national championship ring where he beat both of them and just says, hey, hey, guys, good, you? And he's just hanging there. He was just there. He was just there. He was just there. He was just watching. They let him in. (laughs) They let him into the coach's bar. I don't know why. I had my guy. I won. Yeah, like unbelievable comment there. Absolutely. But and to the system, I I flip and hate that system. Let's set it as fast as we literally can. What? Like, wow, like there's time and place for speed. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Let's run speed when it works. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun for sure. But like the Uber commitment to like mega speed, it's going to be fast. Like the fact that it takes a long time to connect to these things. It's just like, oh my gosh. Like, are you serious? Like at some point, yes, but set the ball up and let the big guy go to work. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, that's. No, but I know that's a matter you, of opinion. Again, as you're explaining this, my, my wheels are spinning. Does that just not show the level of preparation that a guy like Benjo has? Is where he understands the VNL rules, where he says, Garrett, we have to beat one other team and we get to play in this next no, year. No, no, absolutely season, not. I'm going to build a system that's going to pay off in two years. Guys like Garrett are going to chirp me no. on the internet and say, we no. don't have two years, we have to win now. Benjo is playing the long game because of a structural problem. He found the problem in the VNL and he said, we can win two games, guys. Like, we have to. So he's committed. He's playing the long game. This is a two-year strategy and we're going to eat our words. This is going to be on the episode of Josh was right, Garrett was wrong. This is going to pay off the Benjo system in two years. Laser babies. Listen, I know you're trying to get in the coach's bar, Josh, but Ben Joe's not the guy to get you in. You got to be putting it in the time with somebody else. It sounds like Brock's your guy because Ben's not going to help you get in there. So you don't got to be super nice like that, okay? Because like, yes, okay, maybe it works out. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not bashing like, hey, do something different and then do it for a while. And when it comes together, maybe you'll be better than you were before. I'm not saying that mentality is the wrong one. So, like, sure, you're trying to build for a quad. But I am saying, like, does the, the quad, start, like, the two-year out starts next year. Right? 
Like, it's 2022. The Olympics are in 2024. Right? Like, we're, we're not that far away from the Olympics. Like, we're, we're two years out, Josh. Are we not? Yeah, and again, as you're saying this, I'm still overthinking. I'm like, well, he didn't have that much time, Garrett. Well, guess what? He's not going to have that much time next year because these guys all go back to their pro team, and they're probably not running the same system, so they're all going to meet in the spring in Gatineau again, and he's going to have the same limited window. Maybe it's going to be a little bit sharper because we went through this year, but they're basically going to play a year of like whatever system their Euro clubs want to play, and then they're going to be back into the shotgun in Gatineau. Yeah, like I, I just don't get it. Like, and I, I don't even know if this is the case. So maybe Josh isn't explaining this well. But if you are, hey, I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna change all the words, like just the language you guys have used to call these. I'm change the whole system. I'm gonna change everything. It's freaking volleyball, Josh. It's not that complicated. Like system? What are you talking about? Like set the ball. Are you want to set it faster or slower? Great. What system? Like what are we talking about? Oh, is it like oh, give me a give me a a fifty one point two. Let's get really granular, Josh. No, no, I need that 51.3. Like, yeah. how, what are we talking about here? Well, it depends if the middle closed on the right side pin or the left side pin. How does he come off the net? Is he hitting a back quick if you're blocking, like, their left side? Like, you got to figure out the different routes that the middles have to run, Garrett. Like, you got to get into the weeds on this. You can't just say it's a quick every single time. There's, like, different variables you got to manage. I totally agree. And planning for that stuff is totally crazy to me because if one thing is a little bit off, like yes. a little bit off, you've like planned for it to be like so perfect. And if it's a little bit off, I mean, I know you're not screwed, but you just have to adapt. So it's like, okay, let's plan for the things we can and let the rest take care of itself. So like the speed thing, gosh, like speed, speed kills, Josh, yeah. speed yeah. kills. Sometimes okay. You. So, so I mean, kills me. Yeah. <laughs> I met the team running the speed. It's not always beneficial. Like it, it can, it can eat you up. I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that with a bunch of professional athletes who go and play pro, then come back, they've played with three different coaches within the last year, that they're not able to pick up a new system and that, oh, when it connects. Well, what do you mean? What the hell have we been doing all summer? Like when it connects, like how does it not just work? We just do it. We're good enough. We'll just do it. Yeah, I think that's way too. That's way oversimplifying this. I think. Well, like literally, the 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 job is just to put the ball on your opponent's side and keep it off your side. <laughs> that, that's like it's it? not. It's that's it, Josh. You have three hits to do it. That's all you got. Sometimes four, but it's a block. It's really a simple game. Comment down below. I mean, let us know. Just, yeah. you, you disagree with my clown of the week on a two and ten team, Josh? You just remind me of the scene from Bull Durham where baseball is a simple game. I mean, you throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. That's all it is, Gary. It's way more complicated than that. I agree with baseball. Baseball is <laughs> complex and crazy. Volleyball simple. Keep it off the ground. Put it on their ground. And that's why people tune into us to get the cutting-edge volleyball knowledge. Why didn't we win v out? We just didn't keep the ball off the ground enough. I mean, we, we absolutely didn't. We didn't make enough digs. There's no way we made enough digs. We're running it too fast. Did was there a time where we missed a set because of the set type? I I don't know. I'd have to get into the weeds of the volumetrics and see. Yeah, like it. I mean, like that's what I mean. It's like if that's happening, come on, guys. Like really, what are we what are we doing here? Like, are we not good enough to like just figure this out? Maybe we are. I, I can Maybe picture like a much. middle misconnecting, but are you saying that like the left side like mistimed it so much that the ball went like past them in the middle of a like no i think they're too good to like miss completely on the outsides aren't they right that's what i'm saying so i'm not saying we can't necessarily blame the adoption of the system for that like we have the system does it work maybe it's too early to tell don't don't get me wrong 
but oh, I just hate the word system, Josh. Like <laughs> we talk about it way too much on this show. Gosh. Do you hate the word system? Cause everybody runs the same system. And then we say, oh, it's the system. It's like, it's yeah, all. Like, what are we, what is that differently? <laughs> like what's different than another team? You know what I mean? Like what is so different? Like that is an interesting. Thought. Like, are we like, trying to copy like football that actually has like different positions on the field, whether you play with like three wide receivers on this side or two tight ends, like pieces start changing and like the system actually changes. If we have like, if we have more skilled running backs, obviously we're going to run the ball more than we're going to throw it. This is like, everyone plays a five one. We're all setting the ball pretty flat to the pins. Like it's volleyball. Yeah, like, how different is it, you know? Like, are we, oh, we're going to set it a little bit faster. Well, okay, great. Like, we're not, change, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Like, I think it's just that we've had some guys leave. We have some guys coming up, and we're not really in a, in a place to compete. And I don't feel great about that for our country because, you know, it sounds like we're one of those countries that when we have all the pieces come together, we're competitive. But year on year, we're, we're, we fluctuate. Right. Whereas in women's beach right now, that's not the case, Josh, because the next team coming up, they just got a second place at Worlds. Yeah, but we had to trust their system, because if you remember, Garrett, they did not win our world championship trials. They did not have an easy path. They actually lost the Downsview tournament. It took some time there, too. Don't like don't don't throw the word system at me like that, Josh. It just it you know, I just it, it, it hurts me physically. I think right, if we had a way on. to make t-shirts, it would start with like clown of the week would be our hottest t-shirt. And then we would pick like little phrases of the show. And I think system would be one that I would be wearing proudly. It's like kind of like trust the process, like the biggest farce in all of professional basketball where like the 76ers still people think they're good because, you know, it's process, Garrett. You got to trust the process. Yeah. Like stay in system is the biggest, <laughs> dumbest trope in volleyball, in my, <laughs> in my opinion. I will, I will stake on that. Try, stay in system. What? Like, anyway. That's, wow. Comment down below. Hit it's almost, that like it's almost as simple as saying, keep the ball off the ground. Right. <laughs> Except you're using different words that mean different things. Anyways, Josh, we got some comments. We had some people comment on us that I haven't responded yet. Um, Thanks for so. Akash for sharing this. The views definitely went up when she, she's got a following, Garrett. We got to get on the like train there. I was going to say, so, I mean, if you're still with us, thank you so much. I mean, when Josh and I are here by ourselves, oh my gosh, Josh, this is, this is by far our most, last episode was by far our most watched episode of all time. 271 views at time of recording, Josh. Yes. That's huge, man. That is that huge, is absolutely but like huge. our listeners are probably rolling their eyes being like, that's it. You guys do this every week, kind of, for 200 views. All right, now now here's where those listeners will get a little extra now, okay? So great, great view count. Guess what the average view duration is? For reference here, the episode was over an hour. I think people stuck it out for 17 minutes. That's really optimistic. Average view duration, four minutes and two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that, Josh. So it's been a great week, not. Um, so thanks to Cash for last episode. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we do have some comments. And again, you know, Maverick, he, he said, Garrett, I'll see you at Van Open. He just knew that that was the, the summoning. So, Mav, yeah, I'll see you there. This will air after I've seen you there. So it was great seeing you this weekend. Um, he'll be coaching. Nolan Langley as well after our last episode. I called him out, Clown of the Week, for his call. Um, and he said, this is fair. I will, take, I will take this one. Bold statement that didn't fall through. Appreciate the bailout, though, Josh. 
So I guess you made a comment to like try to save him from my call out, which, you know what? Quit disagreeing with my clowns of the week. By the I, way. I was Did not going to let it happen because he bailed out passing dimes and we recorded last minute so I could have an episode on Friday to keep the streak alive. So You know, when's the last time you had me on passing dimes, Josh? Okay. So Your episode did out... really well. And actually, I don't tell you this very often. I still clip some of the quotes and show it to our players when we do our video meetings because there was some ton of good stuff in there. Well, that's very nice of you, Josh. These <laughs> I, I wish these Sharp Cuts episodes could live up to that, but they do not. Um so yeah, let us know. Hit us up in the comments below. Josh, I mean, this is how these episodes go, isn't it? Do I just ask you how it went? Like, is that, or do you ask me? I think it went how it typically goes at this point where we gained some momentum and we had a cash and she shared it. I didn't know the view time, but I thought I saw the clicks there. It's like, oh, and then we take like two weeks off and then we come back in like spicy and get all caught up again. Oh God, this is how it goes. We get some momentum. This is the cycle. It. It's like, Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's depressing. All right. Let's look at some more stats. I don't How know. Let's bury ourselves Pretty huge. Pretty okay. Last episode, average view duration, four minutes and two seconds. You want the all-time low episode, Josh, for watch time? Sure. Hit me. I mean, who, who gets the embarrassment of the all-time low, least watched episode? I have to be an early one, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely would. All right, Josh, I think this is very disappointing because the lowest watched episode is the one that you and I did together. <laughs> <laughs> Just you and me, buddy. Uh, Nobody watched. I well, that. I guess that's that makes sense, doesn't it? So uh, there you go. Highest watched episode of all time is... The episode we had, uh, who did we have on? I don't know. Sarah's, maybe? I mean, that would be nice, but I don't think so. So we'll figure it out. But uh, if you're still listening, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. If you're Josh. a player, Garrett, I think if you're a player, you, you want the sharp cuts bump because we had Brandy on before she, we had Brandy and Sophie on separately before they took a, a second at Worlds. We had Sarah on before they won the Latvia Elite one. Like we, it takes a little while, but we always give the players just that little bit of a bump, you know? I mean, if you're listening 57 minutes into this episode and you want the sharp cuts bump, I mean, the sharp cuts bump, Josh, is like, like not a bit of a weird few phrases, like sharp cuts, bump, set, spike, like, you know, like. I'm just glad adding you all the volleyball sense, words. Mike. I thought you were going to go like a drug reference, but no, I meant bump is in like, you know, you teach kids how to like farm pass and you say bump. Like, no, I know, but you <laughs> didn't mean that. You meant like bump, they, like they improved their results, like it bumped yeah, it, up their results. Yeah, it was, it was a pun. It was a double entendre, you know. Right, but so, what? okay, great. I mean, the but not sharp a triple, cuts, not the drug bump. reference. Don't let your mind go to the drug reference one. I, I wasn't even going there. You put that in my mind. Get your head out of the gutter. But Josh, I just discovered that the... Most watched episode in terms of average view duration is also another episode that you and I did together. Yes. <laughs> so us alone are simultaneously the most watched and the least watched episodes. So I mean, yeah, I don't know that that's kind us. of the way this show goes. It's all yeah. highs and lows. And actually, I missed a bump there. Akash just won the Calgary Open, so there, there's a bump. I mean, congrats to Akash. We maybe got to have her on again because she was probably the most well-spoken person we've had on the show. I can't think of anybody to top her. Um, that was a bit embarrassing for me. As too well, nice? So. Is there such thing as being too nice? Melissa was pretty Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. Yeah, Melissa was very nice, but they were too nice. We like to cut deep here on the show. And we yeah. just basically trashed everybody this episode and burned all bridges. So um, No, because now the ones still listening, they want the bump. 
they're like, oh, this is like being on the cover of EA Sports, but like a good curse, not a bad curse. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we should just start that and just just identify every time it happens and then we need to get people on. So that sounds like a post for the Instagram that I have not kept up with lately. Yeah, I need you to get on that. Yeah. All right. We've talked enough. If you're still listening, I have no idea what you're doing. I told you the average watch time is only like seven or eight minutes. So the fact that you're in 50 minutes plus, like good for you. Thank you so much. If anyone's but, still going, Garrett, it's definitely because they're on the podcast and they're in the car and they can't, they're, they're, they're driving they like can't free stop and they it. can't stop it. If this is like, if you're on the YouTube video this deep, oh man, I, I don't know. It must be on they're in the not. background. Like you're. They're you're, not. It's just me having it on loop. It's just who it is on YouTube. So. You bring up the average so of the watch time. That's good. Yeah, that's probably it. All right. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this one. Josh, I mean, it's always a pleasure. So hopefully we'll have a guest next time. I mean, who knows? But apparently, you know, this could be the least or most watch. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll let you know next week. But uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And we will see you next time.